Our guest today is Doug Kemper, and he's the director of the Medicine Park Aquarium and Natural Sciences Center. Just a hop, skip, and a jump down the H.E. Bailey Turnpike. Doug, how you doing today? I'm doing well, trying to keep cool. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, that's the truth. All right. So uh, the aquarium has been a great uh, attraction for southwest Oklahoma for some time now and uh, marking a big occasion this week. We are. We're celebrating. In fact, today is our fourth anniversary. So we, believe it or not, been open four years and have enjoyed a, a great success uh, despite the last year of our, all of our uh, nationwide uh, closed downs. But uh, the aquarium has not suffered uh, all that much, and we're doing, uh, doing our, our audiences. Uh, in fact, we're having a big, big, big crowd today on our anniversary. So were you shut down much during uh, COVID, or was your schedule limited? or how did you, how did you... We opened when the governor opened the state. We were closed for about 40 days and then opened last, I believe it was May 1st. So mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, we didn't suffer too much. And as I alluded to a minute, a second ago, we didn't suffer too much. And, our, our, of course, we, we, uh, uh, about 10,000 school kids did not get the opportunity to come to the aquarium because of the school closures. But our our uh, non group audience, our regular audience, really was was about the same as in previous years. It didn't grow as I expected or hoped, but we didn't lose uh, any numbers. So we're, uh, we 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 uh, we're, we continue to do well in attracting uh, families and uh, visitors. Of course, yeah. Of course, the animals still had to be cared for during that forty uh, day. Uh, time span so uh you, you guys still had things to do right we certainly did we uh we maintained our full staff because as you just say we had to maintain the all of the animals the fishes in the aquarium and the mammals out and the reptiles and so our full biology staff and in fact our education staff it's it's in so we maintained a full staff all throughout the uh throughout that 40-day closure were you able to entertain any school kids this past spring we have a few, not 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 as many as uh, would be a normal year, mm-hmm. but they have. But when school groups have to come, uh, are coming again, and uh, we have a number of special programs with some school districts that eventually will expand uh, throughout Southwest Oklahoma. So some of those uh, programs continue. And I'm sure teachers reach out to you all the time. And for teachers that would like to, they can either go to the website and get information or give you guys a call and, and get that taken care of. I sure can. We sure welcome the teachers calling. And uh, we have a pretty uh, reduced group rate for school groups at uh, $5 a person. And that includes the adults in the group. Um, so uh, just call the aquarium or go online and book a, book a field trip or a program. So M-P-M-N-S dot org. Just type in the Medicine Park Aquarium and the website will pop up. Google will take care of them, will they not? That's right. That's right. 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 We can remember Medicine Park Aquarium. (laughs) The rest maybe not. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) So you you, uh, have some... some exhibits that have been there, I guess, since day one, or do you swap them out? Uh, how do you how do you do that? No, we, we the permanent exhibits are, are are once they're open, they're 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 here. Okay. Uh, the institution is designed as a native wildlife zoo, aquarium, botanical garden, and science center. In phase one, we opened four years ago, was the 
10,000 square foot aquarium that has over a, nearly 100 exhibits in it of native fishes and and uh, the botanical garden, which is a six-acre native plant garden with um, about 33 raised beds that we cultivate and plant uh, native wildflowers in each year. Uh, of course, some are perennial and they just come back on their own each year. But the rest of the botanical garden, as is the sur- surrounding mountainside, is all native plants that are growing wild. And we uh, garden, uh, we, we label those plants as well as those that are in the garden. So phase one was the aquarium and the botanical gardens. But we have 25 other major exhibits that are already designed, ready to go as part of that native wildlife uh, mission. And we've plan to open a major new exhibit about every year, but we're really ahead of schedule because over the last uh, three years, we've opened several uh, new exhibits. We opened our our uh, North American River Otter Habitat, which is sponsored by the McKesson Foundation in, in Duncan. We've uh, opened our uh, uh, Quail Encounter, where you can walk through an outdoor aviary with over 200 bobwhite quail and feed the quail, and they'll run over and feed out of, eat out of the kids' hands. And so they're pretty tame quail, and that's a lot of fun. And that was sponsored by the Arvest Foundation. And then we opened our Snake Shack, which features, right, Phase 1 features the seven venomous snake species in Oklahoma, and that was sponsored by a family, Stephen and Raynette uh, Rowland. And then last August, we opened our... Um, uh, bobcat exhibit and our coyote exhibit sponsored by the dollar family and then um, uh, also uh, opened after after the grand opening we opened a, a marine science center uh, sponsored by some uh, local doctor family and then uh, turtle town where kids can feed the turtles sponsored by the Sadler family so we've done a lot of expansion there's about 20 or or so more exhibits to go, so there always be something new to see at the Madison Clark Aquarium. Yeah, and definitely a, a day-long uh, activity there. If, uh, can you see everything in one day? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's about it's designed as a one-and-a-half to two-hour experience, so one could rush through and less time than that, but uh-huh. if one wants to enjoy all the exhibits, I'd plan on an hour to an hour and a half, and then, of course, as we add new exhibits, that they'll uh, that'll, uh, add opportunity for uh, a greater length of stay. So I'm and, uh, curious about the bobcat exhibit. Uh, how much uh, area do they have to roam around in and uh, some of the animals you have there? Well, both the bobcat and coyote have quite uh, large enclosures. They're outdoor enclosures with, with, with shelters, and they're about... Uh, about the same size or is the same size as our outer habitats, about 40 or 50 feet by, by 15 or 20. And uh, so it gives them plenty. Of course, of course, they mostly want to lay around, you know. They get free, free food and all that. They don't, yeah. don't, don't take it necessarily full advantage of. Coyote exhibits a little larger, and she uh, spends more time uh, trotting around the exhibit than uh, they do the, 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 does the bobcat. Uh, those animals were uh, hand-raised. Uh, by the Fort Sill Natural Sciences staff. At, uh, up until a couple of years ago, Fort Sill had some native wildlife on display and have had for several decades, but they had a reduction in funding and uh, uh, lost several of the positions and no longer, they were no longer able to maintain their, their exhibits. 
but they had raised both the bobcat that, that is here at the aquarium and the uh, coyote and uh, hand-raised as orphans. And uh, they're, they're getting up in age. I think the bobcat is about 11 years old. The normal lifespan is around 10 to 12. And I think the longevity record in captivity is 16. So she's enjoying good health, it seems. Good. Uh, but but she's, uh, she's becoming a little aged. So we have a couple of youngsters waiting in the wings to go on display. The coyote is about the same age, maybe a year ago. At any rate, when, when their funding was reduced, they called us, uh, and they wanted to make sure if they could, those two animals remained in the area uh, so the local residents could continue to visit them, and uh, they knew that that was part of our expansion. So we were more than happy to accelerate our, our plans and accommodate, uh, accommodate those animals in their new exhibits. And fortunately, we had the Dollar family um, uh, uh, came through with a full sponsorship for, for both of those exhibits. So, and it's and great I, to that, have that cooperation between the the Army base and you and just fortunate that uh, you're located there and the animals didn't have to travel too far, I guess, to their, to that, their home. That's right. We work with the Fort Sale Natural History folks as well as the Wichita Mountains Wildlife Refuge, Meadow staff, and then our longtime partners are the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation. And we work hand in hand with them. They provide, they, when they're in the field, they capture some of our fish specimens off their own collecting. Uh, but we tell the wildlife department's story at the entry to the aquarium and what their history and their mission, how we cooperate in conservation education programs. Talk about the, the care of the animals, uh, down there. Well, we have about uh, anywhere, depending on the season, anywhere from eight to ten full-time biology staff members in the biology department. And, of course, with nearly 100 uh, aquarium or fish exhibits, it uh, it takes two or three people each day just to maintain the water quality and the feeding and the cleaning of those exhibits and make, making sure that each of those exhibits are maintained at, at an appropriate or proper level. And then the uh, uh, same goes, uh, our staff also is, biology staff is also responsible for the care of our mammals and our, and our reptile display. So it's a full-time job for a, a, a five or ten folks on any given day. And then our education staff pitches in and helps with some animal care, uh, and particularly when they use their animals in outreach programs or what we call our ambassadors or critter chat programs each day. We um, we take several like a raccoon and our possum and our oh uh, a prairie dog and and our 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 skunks that have been raised. You got country. skunks, really? Oh yeah, we have a pair of skunks. In fact, there one of them is out in the uh, main lobby today doing our animal encounter. Uh, we call them our wildlife ambassadors. And each day from one o'clock to two, we'll have one or more of those animals out in the uh, front gallery of the aquarium building where kids can come up and have a close encounter uh, with them. Uh, sometimes, like the raccoon, we keep, he's in a, in a close enclosure because he's a friendly guy, but he can get nippy. So. Sure. But the, but the skunks and the prairie dogs and the big tortoises and uh, the kids can touch and play, play with those. Today, although it's almost over now, we have a wildlife discovery program that's going uh, not from one to two, but almost till two thirty. 
And then each day we have um, animal enrichments and feeding uh, demonstrations. Three times a day we do our electric eel show, which, as I pointed out, is an electrifying, shocking experience. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) We feed the eels, and they discharge a high voltage up to, uh, well, actually, discharge up to over 1,000 volts, but typically six to 800 volts. And we've got that hooked up to some probes that, pick up the electrical current in the water, and it lights up some strobe lights and, a, and an amplifier, so it makes an electrical buzzing sound and lights flash, and it's quite an interesting demonstration. What do they eat? Then, what do the eels eat? Well, they eat other fish, so we feed them shrimp and cut fish and, um, and, and whole small fishes, uh, anything any aquatic organism would, would uh, indulge in. And what, what are the largest fish you have in the aquarium? The largest fish is, uh, we have two uh, pretty large fish. One's a big blue catfish we've had since, actually, before opening. He came from the Red River down by Warica. One of our one of our friends caught him one night and brought him up the next day. It's a big blue catfish. He weighs about 50 pounds, and so he's a big hit. Was he Was and, he noodled? Was he noodled? Do you know? Uh, no, he wasn't noodled. Oh. He, he was caught with hook, hook and line. Oh, okay. All right, they Good for and them. then Good. another thing, catfish don't get along with each, with one another very well. We we have a, a almost as large uh, albino blue catfish. We have to keep him in another tank. Mm-hmm. He's a pure pure white big blue catfish, and he's a big hit too. And uh, then our next largest fish is a big about a five foot uh, four and a half five foot long alligator gar. And then we have about uh, ten. Uh, uh, paddlefish. We got before we opened the biggest one at the time was oh 13 inches as I recall, and they're now almost three feet long. So they're growing pretty well. Although their tank is undergoing some repair and renovation, they're still on display in the various aquariums. But their main exhibit is uh, being repaired at the moment. But uh, you can still see the paddlefish. So about how many well, different are, how many different uh, tanks or different tanks well, or aquariums do you have there? Well, as I say, we have uh, we have nearly a hundred exhibits, and a dozen of those, uh, approximately, are exotics like the electric eel and piranhas and archer fish and African cichlids and a few others. All the other galleries, uh, there's seventy five or so uh, exhibits in the other galleries, themed uh, according to fish families, like the sunfish family and the True bass family and the catfish family, etc. Um, we have, um, uh, as I say, nearly seventy-five of those individuals. And we, what we show is the diversity. There are about one hundred seventy-five uh, individual species mm-hmm. of fishes that occur in Oklahoma that live in Oklahoma, and 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 the National Park Aquarium displays you know, nearly half of those. And uh, so. It's all about showing the biodiversity of our wonderful fish fauna that we have in Oklahoma. Of course, we have some amphibians. We have a bullfrog and tadpole display and some toads and some uh, leopard frogs and uh, tree frogs and, uh, and a few lizards on display. And, of course, exciting uh, creepy crawlies like brown recluse and spiders oh and black widow spiders and and our native striped scorpions and our native tarantulas and uh, big centipedes uh, that we have in Oakland. So there's a whole little display called Creepy Crawlers <laughs> and all of those 
all those exciting animals that every mom wants to take home, right? Sure. Well, and, uh, yeah. at least it's educational where, you know, you can show the kids what uh, what a brown recluse uh, looks like or a black widow. Uh, yep. So they can be on the lookout in case they uh, yep. Yep. encounter yes, one of those things in the wild. Well, well that's, of course, our whole mission. It's yep. just science education for kids and families. You know, we, 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 we want to market and provide programs statewide and also to our friends in Baja, Oklahoma, down south of the Red River. But our main uh, programmatic target wants to be southwest Oklahoma. That's where we're located. So kids in Chickasha and Lawton and Altus and Frederick and Ardmore, you know. So essentially the 20-county area south of I-40 and uh, West of I-35 wants to be our target. You know, in that area, I think there's about 111 or 112 school districts and about 90 communities. It's about a half a million, a little over half a million folks. I think about 145,000 school kids. And so we try to outreach to, to all those families and those school kids and those communities. So we'll yeah. continue to develop programs with those school districts and with the business uh, the chambers and other businesses in those communities to let people know what, uh, what the opportunities are to utilize the Medicine Park Aquarium Natural Science Center as a science education and program for the kids as well as just a, a wholesome and compelling family attraction. Yeah, a great uh, day trip for families. We've got Father's Day coming up, so uh, take a trip there or, um, you know, and you don't need to make any reservations. Just uh, just drop on in. Just drop on in. We're open every day except uh, Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we're open every day in the summer from ten to five. We have some limited hours which uh, we clo- uh, we close at uh, four. Mm-hmm. But even if you're here um, an hour, uh, uh, we we close the admissions at five, but you can stay. So if you get here at five, you can still get in and have over an hour to stay before the grounds close. So. We're open every day, 10 to 5, and uh, just drop in and make a day trip out of it to visit the Ukraine and go have a go have a meal down at the plantation or the Riverside Cafe and have a fun time in Medicine Clark. Talk about, you know, there's been an effort to really help out the monarch butterfly, and it's such a fascinating journey that uh, that butterfly makes uh, uh, every year. And there are some efforts to help encourage those habitats, and you've got something like that going on down there? Well, we do, and uh, both the municipality and, of course, the aquarium is part part of the program. Uh There's a monarch uh, butterfly program that's really nationwide. There's a West Coast population of monarchs that uh, migrate up and down through the California and the western states, and then the central flyaway, so to speak, for the monarchs. And as uh, you probably know, and many, many listeners know, they, uh, the monarch butterflies winter at, in a mountainous region, forested mountainous region in central Mexico, and then they, they come back north during the spring and then migrate back down south during the, during the fall. Now, individual, the individual butterflies don't make that round trip. Uh, they stop along the way and lay eggs, and the adults uh, perish as adults, and most butterflies only live a few weeks, including monarchs. And so um, throughout that lengthy migration, there's several generations. Uh, but the main conservation effort is, of course, habitat. And monarch uh, butterfly larvae, the, the, the caterpillars, uh, feed on uh, primarily on milkweed. 
So there's a, been a large effort over the last uh, decade or two uh, to promote plantings and cultivation of the various species of, of milkweeds. And so our gardens here, in fact, our six-acre native garden is called the sponsored by the Terry K. Bell uh, Trust here in Wilton. And it's called the Terry K. Bell uh, uh, Wildlife, Wildflower and Butterfly Conservation Gardens. So we plant, um, uh, we have planted and continue to plant milkweeds of, of several species throughout our, our gardens uh, here uh, at the aquarium. And so that would, uh, that would help any migrating monarchs that decide to stop along their a trip in the Madison Park area and lay their eggs on the milkweeds and let the larvae feed during the uh, warm seasons of the year. So uh, again, you're you're in uh, Medicine Park, right? Or is that just the yes. name? Or so? Yes, yes sir. We're, we're on Highway Four. Yes, we're, we're in Medicine Park, but we're up on a mountainside above above the downtown and central village area. Uh, we're on uh, State Highway Forty Nine, just a short distance before you enter the. Wichita Mountains Wildlife Refuge. You, you can't can't miss us if you follow the, the highway signs along all the way from Interstate 44 or coming down on Highway 58 or, or uh, uh, from the refuge. You'll see aquarium marker sign, highway signs uh, directing you to to the aquarium in Madison Park. You got you had a remarkable journey just to get there and uh, overcame a lot of obstacles, but. Uh, you made it happen, and uh, your your experiencing operating, uh, uh, getting other aquariums started really helped helped with that. Well, well, it did, and, and I'll have to say, no matter. I, I think I've been, I've been the founding director of four major aquariums. Wow! Uh, wow! I, I opened the Seattle Aquarium in 1977. Was a was a pretty young guy. <laughs> was uh, well, I can't remember that far back. It seems like yeah. Um, at any rate, it was always, you know, people go, oh, we, you can't, you can't make that happen. We, but we did. We opened it. It's been a huge success for since 1977 in downtown on the waterfront in Seattle. In fact, I still know a couple of people that work there. And then I had the opportunity to be the founding director of the uh, Oklahoma Aquarium in Jinx, which we opened around, when did we open? 2001, I think, or two. Can't remember now. And when it got that open, we always had folks that says naysayers that said, oh, that never happened. And I was also the founding director of the uh, Moody Gardens Aquarium in Galveston. But as we were trying to raise money over about an 18-year period to do the Oklahoma Aquarium, I had to go off and make a living. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so we opened the, and then when we did get the money raised, I uh, got the uh, Galveston the Moody Gardens Aquarium open and came back to uh, through Oklahoma and the Tulsa Jinx area and opened up on the crane. Then I thought I retired, George, <laughs> about 10 years ago. I did a lousy job. I'm going to do better next time. <laughs> but I and, and uh, started this project in 2000, actually in about 2000, the town of Medicine Clark talked to me about what could be done to develop a quality of life attraction for economic development and tourism and uh, mentioned that a native wildlife zoo aquarium would be a great one. And everyone was excited about it. But, of course, as always, you have to have the time and money to do it. So right. it took a few years to get in for the town to get in, in a position uh, monetarily and so forth to, uh, to do it. So we started the project officially in 2009. It was a project originally the Med- uh, uh, of the Medicine Park Economic Development Authority, 
which we deeded a property to, and the property was donated by private individuals. But we formed a 501c3 not-for-profit um, entity to do the development, operation, and management. So uh, a nonprofit uh, institution, which is Medicine Park, Medicine Park Museum of Natural Sciences, Inc., is a nonprofit that manages the property and the aquarium uh, for the Economic Development Authority. And, of course, there was always the same naysayers uh, that I've run into every project I've done, that, oh, you can't do that, and that shouldn't be done, and excellent. And we just say, well, no, we're going to do it. It's a great thing for the, for the kids and the families of Southwest Oklahoma, and we're not going to listen to the the nonsense that it's uh, that tries to claim it's not a good deal. So, so it was we we did this project with um, uh, well actually 100 percent of private money or 90 percent of private money, maybe 10 percent of designated grants that uh, came from some government agencies like the Spark Economic Development Authority and the Comanche County Industrial Development Authority, but those authorities. Uh, exists specifically for this kind of thing, for economic development. So they were great supporters. And then we, with some seed money from those organizations and a few others, we were able to go out and raise the other money. So it's uh, not a penny of general tax dollars went to, to uh, build, develop, build, or, or operate. We're, we're solely uh, we're completely self-sufficient. We are, we are uh, through our gate, and we are a nonprofit, as I say. So we're not here to make a profit, but we do have to pay our bills. So therefore, we do have a an admission uh, fee, but quite reasonable, we think. And as I said, the group rates are, are great, and uh, you get family passes and annual passes, and um, so lots of opportunities to, to visit in a very economical. Uh, way and enjoy the uh, enjoy the facility. Doug, we appreciate your time today. Again, you can do a Google search for uh, the Medicine Park Aquarium or their website is mpmns.org. Doug Kemper with the Medicine Park Aquarium, our guest today. Thanks, Doug. You bet, George. Thank you. Uh, look forward to talking with you again. Uh, maybe next year we'll be celebrate our fifth anniversary.